0: on what fucking planet are these Aston Villa players living on when they decide to do the sensible thing and put it out for a corner safety first that's, that's like deciding to smash your car into the wall because you're driving too fast <laughs> this, this isn't safer this isn't how to control this situation
1: Tim Sherwood here you're listening to the Villa Podcast
0: that morning sky gave me a look
1: so I left and you were worried you were worried (laughs) not just in this match you were worried about this season and here we are three games later but i do have to take stock right because at the turn of the year i think it was before the turn of the year when we drew with sheffield united i added a fixture onto a group of fixtures that i was worried about coming in to the start of this 2024 campaign games that we had no problem with at home but when you flipped it around it was like that could be sticky and also that will be really annoying if we don't win those games and you know i don't like those matches games that you think you should win but you know it's going to be sticky and it's still no matter how sticky it is it's going to feel bad if you don't win it and they were Sheffield united yeah i did add that on Sheffield united away from home new manager obviously not a new manager by that stage, but we had dropped points to them at home, the only team we had dropped points to at that stage. Fulham, away, no problems at home, worried about them away. Luton, away, Kenilworth Road, I was worried about being Kenilworthed, And we went and beat Fulham, and they've gone and they've gone and smashed Brighton, beat United. You know, these games that you think, ah, we just got the job done. No, we did really bloody well to get that job done. And then this might them in this match it was like we were just getting the job done got over 60 minutes of just getting the job done and then bang bang kenilworth kenilworth it was like all all shit had hit the fan it was like oh my god how are we going to drag this back oh my god the season's over oh my god does any of it ever matter anymore and we pulled it back <laughs> we dug in we got an 89th winner again we got a late with her again and aston villa are marching on them 11 games to go 11 games to go
0: i know there's a lot of uh a lot of pressure on you kind of to start the show and hope something to say at the top of the show but you don't have to make up a lie about me being worried about this game because <laughs> that was actually the strangest thing about it i wasn't remotely remotely worried about it. And I'm trying to work out now what is more remarkable. The second half collapse, or the fact that despite despite having watched a thousand Aston Villa games, it completely blindsided me to, to go to go from being so good in that first half, so composed, opening them up so regularly, accepting their pressure, playing through it to whatever that was in the second half. <laughs> it's like Norman Bates stuff. I and mean, the lads went into the changing room at halftime and came back out dressed up as Yoris Corey and Glenn Whelan and left their fucking skeletons in there. Glenn Whelan often looked like rigor mortis had already said that when he was playing for Aston Villa, he had such permeability on the pitch. But that's the, that's, that's the only thing I can make up to explain in his performances. But finally, Emery reacted and we did wrestle back a bit of control and the, the end of the game was so... Fucking brilliant just to see us dig a win out that we essentially threw away to go 2-0 up against a team in the bottom three and to nearly probably should have drew the game on balance to get the win out of it is brilliant.
1: We've seen better teams drop points at Kenilworth Road. We've seen it happen. Let's go straight to the winner because it was brilliant. And it was another one at the end because of this man, Luca Dean, who did deliver the another one line coming down the tunnel. Busted nose and everything. Just, we talked about wartime Aston Villa in the trenches, getting the job done for the cause. at Dean is coming off bloodied, but not beaten, Liam. We were not beaten because look <laughs> at Dean came in and what a run and what a ball from Musa Diaby. Gotten a hard time recently, rightly so. He hasn't been amazing, but this is the second time It was Forrest as well. The late, the late uh, draw. We got in that match away from home. Whipped in in swinger, Watkins header. This one whipped in in swinger. Look at Dean header. <laughs> it's a great header. It's absolutely brilliant. I feel like Moreno might have. And it's 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 no slight on him, but I feel like he might have tried to play that ball across the goals. I was sort of looking at that as the ball was coming in, thinking who's who's going to be on the end of this header. Look at Dean; doesn't need anybody else on the end of anything. <laughs> Look at Dean keeps the header down, keeps it to the bottom corner, and reels away like he's been doing it his whole life.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm big enough to admit, Conan, that after. Just after Diaby came on and he rolled the ball down the line to Zaniolo, a pointless pass into the corner to just gave Zaniolo a 20-yard sprint to get the ball, have two men up his hole. I was just thinking, oh, come on, like, can we stop pretending that we can bring Diaby on to influence the game? I mean, this, is, this isn't this is going our way. Like, we just just him for the rest of the season. Next year's his year, Conan. He just needed a bit of time to settle down. He needed a bit of time out of the limelight. Like, Turns out what he needed was just a bit of time on the ball. And Jesus Christ, for the first time in that second half, Luton didn't close down a man. And the cross is absolutely out of this world. What a ball. And you're right to point out the run as well. The two of them are completely in sync. The Abbey gets the ball, looks up, can see that it's on. Dean sees him looking, realizes that it's on as well. Sneaks around the back, steps in in front and puts it away like... I was going to say Ollie Watkins there, but, you know, puts it away like somebody who's really good at heading the ball. <laughs> yeah, like Alan Shearer coming on the back <laughs> stick there.
1: Just flicks it away from the keeper. It was absolutely brilliant, and the celebrations were good. Douglas Luiz just seemed to be laughing throughout the entirety of the celebrations as well. I wouldn't have been laughing. Douglas Luiz missed a header in the first half that we'll come back to. But let's, <laughs> let's go through the rest of the goals. It was a great first half. It was brilliant. Ollie Watkins masterclass, really. And he gets us started with a header, and it was a corner, and I don't know if I want to dwell too much and and give too much positive reinforcement to a certain set-piece coach, but the corner comes in, it's a simple corner, and you know what the difference was with this corner? Not just that Bailey took it, not just that Watkins got up and headed it in, you know, cross, header, goal. It was John McGinn was inside to hold everyone off. John McGinn wasn't over there taking the corner, he was inside using his considerable strength at the rear of his body to hold everybody off and let Watkins go up and get a free header.
0: I actually think he's done it again, Conan. I think Ollie Watkins is trying to flick that on to the back post and it's come <laughs> off. It's come off the wrong part of his head and gone at the near post. I will not be convinced that he's put that into the top corner intentionally. Absolutely no way. But you're right. It's it's so so simple. Like we, we think we have problems defending set pieces. Luton have 99 problems. But their pitch ain't one. It's the only thing they've got going for them, to be honest. I mean, it looks and feels like we were playing in the back garden on the set of Coronation Street. It's so it's so tight. And it actually just makes it incredible that they have contrived to create and present so much space for the Villa attackers to run into at their near post. There's about three Aston Villa players just filtered into that spot. Absolutely insane. I'm not sure what system they think they had going there, but it wasn't fucking effective, clearly. They just had ten yards of space free at the front post. Mm. Ridiculous.
1: And it was Ollie Watkins again for the second goal. It was a free kick in the middle of the pitch. Douglas Weeze, it's a nice ball over the top, but this is what Ollie Watkins does. Sometimes you can just play the ball. Like you play the ball from the fence up the line and Watkins can hold on to it. He'll get thrown over or he'll just take it down and find a pass or he'll take it down and run you play the ball over the top and Ollie Watkins will run into it. You play it down the channel, Ollie Watkins will get a shot away. Just just play the ball to Ollie Watkins and it works and this is just over the top. Watkins gets onto it, drops the shoulder, cuts on these, right? I mean it's it's just such great footwork. It's sharp and bangs it, whips it off the post and in it's just great stuff it's just a striker at the top of his game it's a striker that only Erling Haaland has scored more goals in the Premier League now he's now second outright in the Premier League ahead of Mo Salah but obviously Salah's been injured but he's got 16 goals like we've often cried for a 20 goal season striker this man has 16 in the Premier League now this is insane stuff the numbers he's putting up he's got the most goal and assist involvement in the Premier League bar none only ollie watkins that should be the new hashtag (laughs) only ollie Watkins is ahead of (laughs) most that's how good they're performing in terms of goals and assists it's 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 just amazing what he's doing and like i know he misses some chances but he has been getting these over and over because of exactly what i'm talking about there
0: yeah it it reminded and does remind me of a of a young conan doherty well everything up until the finish (laughs)
1: Go on! <laughs> Everybody, listen up here. I'm probably going to clip this for the start of the show.
0: If you if you know the player on the ball has the vision to see the pass, the quality to pull it off, then you go and and dare I say, a can In the pass from Douglas Louise, reminded me of a young Liam Doherty. <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> 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 Let's get back to the game. <laughs> Uncle Louise plays it to Watkins. A young, a young Liam Doherty lying unconscious of, on his bed, dreaming about being a better footballer. <laughs> I weird.
1: always say that, though, in fairness to you. I always say, geez, you know, if I could do some of the stuff I can see in my head, I'd be really good.
0: <laughs> it, it, it's a magic goal. It absolutely is. The, the no look pass from Dougie, the quality of the ball, the touch from Watkins, it's perfect. Again, again, the defending is absolutely terrible. Jamie Redknapp trying to be one of the lads said at half time, it's kid stuff. Like, how many times have I heard my dad say, never turn your back on the play? We can all relate to that, Jamie. We can all relate to our Champions League manager followers teaching us how to defend, mate.
2: <laughs> but but
0: he, is, he is right. He is right. Don't jog back without knowing where the ball is. That's the most important thing on the pitch. Where is it and where is it going? Have a fucking think. And the only, the only two moments of the match, the, the Ollie Watkins wasn't giving Mengi a piggyback while looking at Michael Oliver, asking, <laughs> "Please, sir, can I have some freeze? <laughs> and, and, and my and you, know, Michael Oliver's gonna wake up tomorrow with a crick in his neck from all the head shaking he was doing and looking, <laughs> it looked like a fucking blow-up doll from all the purse lipped Not for me, he was giving it the Ollie Watkins all fucking day, and the two times. The two times that Ollie Watkins didn't need a fucking handout from Michael Oliver, he scored two goals, absolutely deadly.
1: Yeah, deadly is a great, a great description.
2: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn
1: Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
2: Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: Then shit hit the fan. The chaos started in the second half. Starts with a corner, obviously. Let's just replay some of the old episodes. <laughs> Longley concedes the corner unnecessarily. I'm going to come back to that in WhatsApp, up <laughs> And then, it's just, I mean, I, w- I would just give out about that, but there's just so much other stuff that happens. I mean, this is a what-the-fuck bonanza in the one goal. It's crazy from the corner being conceded to Hansa heading it. In and down into the box. What was going on there? I mean, get, Morris is so far behind him. He can't, he can't get up and down around his head and back to get to the ball. And Kansa just does his work for him and heads it into the box. And it comes back out and then Morris beats him to it. Then then Martinez seems to sly tackle the ball. And Cash is clearing it off the line. Th- this is... You'd almost think this is a caricature of the stuff we talk about, us trying to defend corners. I mean, it's just, somebody would look at that and be like, all right, you're over-exaggerating it a bit. You know, this is how Aston Villa to try to defend the corner. One of the defenders heads it into... Sorry, we give away the corner when we don't have to. Then one of the defenders heads it into the danger area the keeper slide tackles. Somebody gets it off the line and falls into the net. Three other players follow him for some reason. And then eventually gets tapped in by Tahish Chung.
0: Yeah, I mean that that goal was common more than you watching a Rob Edwards video. I mean, <laughs> it, it was an absolutely astonishing twenty minutes, and I don't mean I don't mean of Luton pressure. It was astonishing that it took Luton that long to realize if they don't swing the cross directly into Emmy Martinez then they probably score. Or at least, you know, at least create a situation where they'll only have themselves to blame if they don't. Absolutely ridiculous. They had one at just the end of the first half as well. I was like, oh, my God. I fucking forgot about this. We can just batter (laughs) a team. We can batter a team for 52 minutes, and then they can get a set piece, and they can nearly fucking score from it. Just to get Kenilworth then immediately afterwards, get the crowd up, get the crowd in our faces. The crowd's already in your face. The stadium's so fucking small. But... (laughs) the 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 fact that luton finally figure out if i don't float this into emmy martinez's hands and then immediately they score score a goal from it they score a goal from it because aston villa are all over the fucking place like they always are from a set piece and i know i know because stato put it up saying we've conceded one goal from a header from a set piece i know that it's true conan but I also know that it can't possibly be true. It can't possibly be the case that we've only conceded at one corner. I know it normally ends up in a situation like this, where it's absolute chaos. It's a knockdown. It's a yeah. fucking skinning. It's an Aston Villa player missing the ball. Something bonkers. Sometimes you can just pass it to a player's foot from a corner, for God's sake. We're so badly marking players. Yeah. But it also can't be the case that we've only conceded at one goal from a header. I just cannot believe it, even though I know it's true.
1: Ah, yeah, one of them. The last was it? United, the ball just comes in and somebody volleys it in from six yards out. Like it, <laughs> it dropped at somebody's foot, foot in the six yard box. I, I well believe it. I think that's that's not a, yeah. I, th- I think that's that reflects very badly on of those defenders from corners. The, the second one is a set piece, <laughs> and Alfie Doughty figures out. Yeah, the one time if I keep this away from. Emmy Merton is, maybe Morris will knock it in and he does, the, the free kick gets whipped around it the free kick is because Kanza gets up down the, the left wing for Luton and Kanza gives away the free and and then it's whipped in from Alfie Doughty and Morris just hammers it home and Kenilworth is a
0: rockin' Yeah and Unai Emery giving it the, the big comma after it went in you know, no panic fucking react do panic <laughs> Like, do something get us out they're all over us we couldn't fucking breathe we look like an asthmatic in a coal mine an asthmatic who's shouted football it must be said as well <laughs> during that first 30 minutes it was absolutely ridiculous i don't want to see emery moving around with his hands moving towards the ground like that unless austin mcphee's standing beneath him and he's punching him in the top of the head saying what the fuck have you been doing for the last 12 months what is going on why come every set piece results in a fucking shot on target this was a 40-yard cross across the box onto somebody's foot. Absolutely ridiculous. And they're talking about Chidozi and Benny. My God, I didn't realise how annoying it was for every other fan who fucking has to watch this lad play, because normally it's brilliant watching him play for Arden. He loses the ball all the time and then just yep. comes out with it. What the fuck was that? Kanza rightly turned around and stopped because the ball had been lost by Agbeni, and Agbeni's just flicking it around him. Absolutely ridiculous.
1: That's his trick. Like He knows how to... He switches everybody off. He switches the defence <laughs> off. He switches the player <laughs> on the ball. And he wins it again. He just powers past him. He's, he's frightening. I, I think it's insane. He's been brilliant for looking this season. I think it's mad that he doesn't always start. And he was playing on the left today. Normally, he's on the right. But it's just, just play, play, play him anywhere. Like He literally plays anywhere for Ireland. He plays wing-back. He plays right midfield, And he plays up front. Just In play him game. anywhere. Like, yeah, it's, it's just like... It, it'll work out for you. Trust me. but we went and got the winner anyway and it was a great day (laughs) but we're going to leave it there and we'll come back if WhatsApp wins us some fines first Ezra Kanza hoofed one out of play early on with his left foot then Alex Moreno, unnecessary corner when the ball was just trickling to Martinez, and Moreno decides, nah, do you know what? Let's just hit this out for a corner, see what happens. <laughs> then Longley, right? Longley does a double unnecessary concede from corners, and, you know, one of them, he slices it out. And he's done this before. The ball is coming to his left foot. It's supposed to be left footed. We're playing him on the left side again. And he, he can't just clear it. He slices it out for a corner. But you know what's worse? he gets a high five from martinez and cash I, I don't even think i'm going to find long I'm going to find those two high-fiving him for slicing the ball out for a corner as if as if that's job done as if we'd be able to deal with that and then the next one is the one that he concedes from it's another unnecessary corner that he concedes and martinez and in- Kanza Con- did look annoyed at him and then eventually high-fived him but you know, I, I don't like I, I think actually what happened there was was longly initiated to high-fives. Like, he's learned now. Like, I can just, you know, boys will, will praise me for this. I've gotten the ball away from the danger area. Getting the ball to the corner
0: flag is not away from the danger area, in Aston Villa's case.
1: <laughs> and the ball goes in and they score, obviously.
0: And what fucking planet are these Aston Villa players living on when they decide to do the sensible thing and put it out for a corner? Safety first. That's that's like deciding to smash your car into the wall because you're driving too fast. <laughs> <laughs> This isn't safer. This isn't how to control this situation. I would much rather see Longley take a touch with fucking Alfie Dowdy or Jordan Clark up his arse than knock it <laughs> out for a corner. I, I, I trust you to steer around the traffic and pull in safely, Clement. You don't have to fucking smash under that wall. What the fuck are you doing?
1: Cash and Kanza also did it. like In the 96th minute as well, I don't know why also there was... There was 90 extra seconds added on to this game. It was supposed to be five minutes added on. And none happened in injury time. And the, the game just kept playing. In ninety-six minute, minute, uh, Cash tries to concede an unnecessary corner. And Kanza finishes the job for him. Both people, both people could have stopped that happening. And I, the, <laughs> you go through the game today, Luton had eight corners. We can't be going to Kenilworth Road conceding eight corners. It's it's a miracle that we only concede one goal from those eight corners.
0: <laughs> you're absolutely right it, it is and I'd say I'd say the other seven were just plucked or plucked straight a layer by Emmy Martinez the corners were just so bad the amount of times he caught the ball was was ridiculous and such per set piece composure I would say even from the Luton players because they made some really bad decisions I think if you're playing against Aston Villa the one player the one player in the pitch that you don't want to put the ball beside is Emmy Martinez Emmy Martinez is the best the best goalkeeper in the world for catching corners, so and he's the only Aston Villa player that can do anything from a corner. So there's two fucking reasons not to put the ball anywhere near and put it beside mm. literally anybody else in an Aston Villa jersey, and you're giving yourself a chance.
1: Yeah, and it brings me on to the first WhatsApp wins and it, it's hard not to be a broken record, right? And I couldn't even think of words anymore to to sum up how annoyed I am at all this, but. I, what I thought of if this is WhatsApp winches, and I would send a WhatsApp to this effect, I would send, you know, the meme that's going around now, if you clap with the text, I'm running out of energy. And it would just be that with the caption McPhee underneath, because I, I'm saying it's a miracle we only conceded one goal from a corner, we can see two goals from set pieces today, we almost, <laughs> almost, once again, didn't win a match because of set pieces. And that's just one game that we we got away with it and then we dug it out great character brilliant but are we actually going to get to the end of the season getting away with this because we're talking we're talking about it every week i'm sure people are fed up listening to it but it is the big talking point. it is the way they score against aston villa if you're doing analysis now like there's nothing else to work on it's like we said we already said this as well go have a long shot get a corner you go win a free kick down the wing, just 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 get the set pieces. We'll get the goals. Like anything else that you'd want to work on, don't worry about that. We need to just get the set pieces. Like, are we going to stumble over the line? Because I was I was believing say seven games ago. There's no like there's no way we we can't do all the coaching you want. Is what I said about Unai Emery. Get the team planned to a ridiculous level. Get everybody improved. And does any of it really matter if it's going to all be undone that you concede? Every time they've got a corner, and I mean, there's eleven games it goes It feels like a long way, but are, are we going to get away with this? I, I, I don't know. Like it seems like we just are going to have to put up with it anyway until the end of the season.
0: Yeah, we are, and you're right to say that there's nothing for any other team to to worry about or to try to focus on. The the your, the only thing you need to focus on is how do we win corners? How do we yeah. win set pieces in the attack third? And it's not just it's not just the people get a chance from every corner they get a chance from every cross that comes in it seems <laughs> it just feels it feels dangerous all the time and maybe maybe that's maybe that's a response that i'm having just to having you know days like today when we can score can see two goals from set pieces that uh every single time a ball comes into the box my arse tightens i just wish our fucking center halves would tighten up in there as well a little <laughs> bit and try and try and deal with us. because we know we know our center halves are brilliant surely they need to start having a word. With with Austin McPhees, and this isn't working. Yeah. Every ball that comes into our box, we're not able to defend it. Like I, I will defend every every situation from open play with consummate ease, is what Ezra Kanza can walk up to his management team yeah. and say, So give me a fucking hand from set Pieces. Why am I under so much pressure from this? What is going on? Who's doing something wrong here? It's I I, I can have a guess, but you know, I, I'm not I'm not the one to say that manager maybe, maybe you could pick somebody who might be at fault here seeing as it's every fucking game and it's the same person who's involved in the setup every game i i did think that i was like i was
1: like who's the leaders here now like, it's, and i don't just mean who's gonna go put their head on the ball it's like who's gonna go to the manager and say what are we doing about this our season is hinging on these decisions the the second WhatsApp points, and you sort of touched on this as well and <laughs> we're not going to get a better comparison than a Coronation Street garden is that what you said? The back garden in Coronation Street, I've got a vivid image of that now, but Card on Twitter said, why Why are Luton allowed to play on a five-a-side pitch? <laughs> <laughs> I, I do want it measured I do, like. I, sometimes, you know, you don't think it's going to happen in the Premier League, but there are some teams that do just get away with having smaller dimensions because nobody's gone I'm talking about Sunday League teams now but, <laughs> But nobody's gone into the effort of just measuring it out. It's like I've got a pitch let's just play. It feels that way with Luton. It feels that time. there's no more room because it's in the middle of a house in this day. So we can't widen it. The stands are already been built. So uh, this is what we got, lads. It's either that or nothing. So, you know, we're in the Premier League. Let's get on with
0: it. I'd say they're definitely at the minimum end of the allowable dimensions, but I suspect, Conan, that they are at the at the allowable dimensions. <laughs> Yeah, well, we won't know until we measure.
1: <laughs> and then it, this is probably a new finance system that we can do twice a season, but it's it's boys who lost the ball to Ross Barkley. <laughs> and I've got two. I don't know if i missed any. But Alex Moreno running down the wing on the left-hand side in the first half, just straight into Ross Barkley, who slides and takes the ball off him and comes forward. And then John McGinn laid on. John McGinn just kept running. I know he was thinking... I'll I'll, I'll run the clock now, now I'm strong, I'm usually, you know, but it was just, he was too open normally, McGinn's able to get his arse in the way, and Barkley slid tackle him from behind, and McGinn went tumbling over, and Barkley, Ross, I didn't see Ross Barkley make one tackle in his Aston Villa career, and he's (laughs) taking the ball off two of our boys, and him profusely sweating while he's doing it, and he's one who looks effortless as he's doing it, yeah, that has to be
0: a fine. He definitely doesn't look fucking effortless with the fucking water dripping off him. And that gives him a <laughs> that gives him a natural advantage as well when he's going in for a slight tackle that allows him to across <laughs> the grass. But the, the Alex Moreno one, I was, like, was going to fucking tackle Alex Moreno he presented the ball so much. It's fucking absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it was like he was he almost waited then for Ross Barkley to come in and slide tackle. Ross Barkley didn't want to do that. And he's like, oh, jeez, yeah. I better just take <laughs> the ball off this fucking numpty. Particular. John McGinn, one was so frustrating as well. John McGinn's just lying face down on the grass, yeah. 70 yards away from our goals oh. so that we should be desperately trying to defend at this stage. And it's not like we could have relied on the other boys that were back there today <laughs> because Luton were all fucking over us. We needed John McGinn to be tight and tidy in there.
1: Yeah. And maybe that's Ross Barkley's trick. He's having a good season, but he's playing on a very small pitch. It sits him down to the ground.
0: Yeah, that that must be it. That must be it because God knows I've got no other reason to believe that it's because he's good at football. <laughs>
1: Let's take a break. We'll come back after this.
0: All these, right? Get over it. It's Aston Villa FC, not Jack Greenish FC. Get a fucking grip. <laughs> Somebody called me a wanker. Let us mourn.
1: Somebody called me a freak. I mean, we've just
0: gotten the news. It's devastating. We're upset. Somebody reported me to the Villa Podcast on Twitter. <laughs> Do these people turn up to funerals or wakes saying, come on, get over it. It's the Doherty family, not the great Auntie Margaret family. It's time to find out what Uncle Jimmy's <laughs> really made of. Time for Auntie Barbara to step up. <laughs> fucking psychopaths, let me mourn. I'll rally around the Doherty family. I want them to do well. I want them to succeed, but I'm fucking devastated. It's not going to be the same without Margaret.
1: R.I.P. Ante Margaret. The Ronnie Rosenthal Award. I'm just going to rattle through all the first half options and then we'll go through the second half options then as well. Leon Bailey played one into Ramsey's chest. I don't know if Ramsey could have made more of it and probably been very harsh, he didn't get it under control. The defender was in the way, but it did come through to his chest and it went off his chest in okay. a way.
0: <laughs> yeah, he said like, he said he said it. Defender wasn't his way. It wasn't. the Defender wasn't his way because it came to his chest. It was ridiculous. He almost jumped into it to take it on his belly. Yeah. And I, I sometimes think I'm the only person that knows. And maybe I shouldn't give this away. You can score with your chest. You can. Hit <laughs> You can hit the ball with your chest. You don't need to take it down whenever the ball's at chest height. Sometimes you can just throw your chest at it and it'll go into the net. It'll catch the keeper off. You can generate a lot of fucking power with your chest as well. It's the most underutilized part of the body for scoring goals. And I don't know why I'm telling everybody this because now any time I play against somebody, the goalkeeper's going to be on red alert.
1: <laughs> also, of Leon Bailey's playing it to your chest, just trust that it's the right thing. Like he's played <laughs> it to your chest for a reason. Jacob Ramsey then had a decent shot, forced a save from the keeper. Then uh, Douglas Ruiz from the from the Telemans corner. It's a bad header over the bar. It's a big chance actually from Douglas. not even over the bar. He just pulls it. He tries the Ollie Watkins, and uh, he succeeds. He just pulls it harmlessly wide of the the goals <laughs> and then uh bailey bailey played walkins through after john McGinn won the ball back and Watkins forces a save and then Watkins hits the post then as well from bailey so this was two bailey assists left out there and i did add them to me to my fantasy team i did rectify the rashford mistake that i'm going to own now so you can't hold it over me Bailey came in and he left a lot of assists out there. It's been no fault of his own, but he he was the one that played Watkins through as well. It's a tight angle. Watkins just loves a tight angle and uh, hits, it, hits it off the base of the post. It's such a good strike.
0: Yeah, it, it was. It was a lovely strike. There was one with Ramsey as well early on where like Ramsey had essentially had three chances and then got taken off. That was his day today. Like, Mengi does really well to close down Jacob Ramsey and we can see before that what Ramsey thinks he's doing. Emphasis on the thinks there. <laughs> because he's trying to cut across and take the angle away from Mengi. But Mengi isn't Callum Chambers. And if, you, if Mengi's able to get back there, he's got a bit of pace. And Jacob Ramsey needs to be a lot, lot more ruthless there. And the one where he bends, and it's so good from Douglas Louise to force McGinn forward. And it's brilliant from McGinn to force Ramsey to shoot. And it's not good enough from Ramsey, even though he does force the save from the goalkeeper, but it's, not, it's nowhere mm. near going into the net. The we the Douglas Louise header got him. Jesus Christ, he doesn't know where he is on the pitch. Like I don't know what he's playing out there. Maybe because no players are beside him. Maybe he thinks he's been played a short corner and he has to whip this all the way across the box. It's an absolutely dreadful header from him. Such a big, big chance.
2: Mm-hmm. And then the one
0: with walking down the side. It's fucking brilliant from John McGinn. There's nothing better than one of your players knowing they're fitter, stronger, more productive, comfortable not defending too deep regular exercise at the gym and then just pla- passing the ball I'm, I'm going to stop that joke because you don't get it and because it wasn't funny and it's, a, it's a brilliant, brilliant piece of play then from, from Dion Bailey he drags the ball out far enough that people don't think the pass is going to come to Watkins and then Watkins shot so unlucky
1: Longley missed one as well from a John McGinn cross, he really should have done better but didn't really expect him to do better and then Rogers whipped one, nice shot, nice save. I don't think it was going to be much more to that. Really, it's just just yeah, really good effort. I don't know what else he could have done, but you know, from the angle and stuff, it wasn't going to. It would have had to be one of the best finishes of all time to get it away from the keeper. The way the keeper got up, and then Andros Townsend senior gets a chance <laughs> at the end of the half. <laughs> Who's Andros Townsend junior? I mean, is this the 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 greatest market employee of all time? Just paving the way. For his, <laughs> for his son they come to and everybody's already waiting for him and they already know that he's a real deal
0: yeah that must be it even though Andrew Townsend plays like a senior citizen maybe that's just the emphasis <laughs> on that the, the Longley one like it's almost impossible to score from from there I mean he's falling in the opposite direction to try to generate the, the, he, the power there the only reason I'm bringing it back up is that Clement Longley wins an awful lot of headers in the opposition yeah. box and i think that austin mcfee needs to be praised for that because clement longley is so unassuming that and so unexpected to be an aerial threat in the opposition yeah. box He does definitely not helping out in our own box that <laughs> i i think this must be a target for aston villa nobody bothers picking him up maybe he's just got really good movement maybe we should try him up front Kind and we end up in a crisis situation
1: i only. Chance really in the second half. It was a good drive from Rogers through the middle and he plays it to Watkins. One of those pass where you were sort of thinking the the pass to the right was good and it looked like he underhit the pass to the left to Watkins, but it was actually a really nice pass to Watkins who comes back onto it but he just doesn't catch it. And then to- uh Luton had two big chances with <laughs> a dirty free into Morris. And then Morris had a header from a cross, a Ross Berkeley cross, and it goes down into Amy Martinez who makes the save. But
0: Wait, I mean, what do call, you think? You're calling it a Ross Barkley pass, but it was a fucking Jordan Henderson cross and it was so, so, <laughs> so unlucky from Luton not to score from that. I mean, that, I thought that was game over. It's such a well-presented chance that their big centre-forward, what you would imagine he thrives on, and that should have been Luton out of sight.
1: Do you think it's a Douglas-Louise header is the, is the big the big chance that we should have scored? I think the, it's because he makes
0: such an absolute mess of it as well. Mm. Like, He's not even close. It's not even on the... You'd be forgiven for forgetting about that header and maybe we should stop talking about it now because I'm sure a lot of people listening probably don't actually remember the header. It was so <laughs> bad. <laughs> All right, let's go to the ULAC Glenn Whelan a
1: 90th minute penalty award. Do you still have your Ireland season ticket, Liam? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I haven't sold it. I couldn't
1: find a buyer, would you believe? No, well, uh, I'm surprised you're not looking for a buyer uh, this week now, especially. So the news is that John O'Shea is in as the interim Ireland boss. They couldn't get, they had four months to hire a manager and they failed. So they've got <laughs> four months later, they've hired a caretaker boss. John O'Shea is in. He's brought back Brian Kerr. I'm not sure if English listeners would really know who he is, but he managed Ireland back in 2003, I think. And he's also got another coach, goes by the name Glenn Whelan. Mm -mm. (laughs) They're into masterminded games against Belgium and Switzerland And I'm sure you will be there no matter what To cast your eye over the very beginning of Glenn Whelan's coaching career
0: Just when I thought Josh Cullen couldn't become any more insufferable You're you're not telling me he's going to be getting the fucking... His tips and advice from Glenn Wheelan, classic. Like, I don't I don't think you're drifting in behind the opposition number 10 enough there to not receive the ball, Josh. I think you could do that with a bit more speed, a bit more power. Fucking unbelievable. I didn't know about that. It's actually devastating news, to be honest, of. Um I I heard somebody from the FAI being interviewed on the radio last week, and the tone of the interview, whenever they were asking about John O'Shea, was essentially, well, we had to give it to somebody. This is the fucking manager of the national team. <laughs> Like, we had to give it to someone like not only that you're giving it to somebody who was an assistant to the person you didn't think was good enough to do the job previously <laughs> fuck me lads Get, like you might as well have given it to Glenn Whelan
1: <laughs> well your wish has come true Glenn Whelan's in let's see what he can do yeah, let's see what he can do is he laid it up now and he's friendlies I wonder, will he get the job? I don't know what they've got up their sleeves in April, but it better be bloody good now. In fact, they're hiring a caretaker. As if they say, wait till you see. Wait, just wait a <laughs> month. <laughs> It'll be worth it.
0: Yeah, it's like, it's like Man United writing off their entire season two seasons ago just to wait to give it to fucking Eric Ten Hag so he could go out and buy half the <laughs> Ajax team that he had five years ago that doesn't Taddej was the best player in. <laughs>
1: That's... Um, uh, so this is the Glenn Whelan Award, but it's really, it's it's almost renamed now at this is You let Austin McPhee look after our set pieces award.
0: <laughs> but they're I think mixed- I think your notes have gotten scrambled up here. We we, we we've done Austin McPhee.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can't get off it. It's the only thing on my mind right now. Like we we and obviously we've we've done a lot of them, and we have we have noted that we did score a goal from the corners and maybe all this is pointless but I want to look at our own corners anyway so Douglas was we scored a goal and we did get our biggest chance from the corner and we missed him so maybe Austin McPhee will once again go back into Ian Emery and say I know what you're going to say but hear me out <laughs> that must be that must be how it goes every week and he brings these attacking corners to Ian Emery and says yeah look I know we can see it in another two down the other side but the deficit should have actually been we should have been three up on, on corners, we should have we should have scored three more than they scored against us. And the first one is a mess. I don't know how how he thinks they're going to score from this. This is that Douglas Louise takes it and then runs out to about 25 yards out on the left wing and crosses it to the far corner of the box for John McGinn to go up and contest the header. Like, I, I don't know what the plan was there. I mean, could that ball not be crossed to that shade area to a contest from the corner flag? Douglas Ruiz could definitely do that. Alright, yeah, I'll just send it over there. Because you might think that was just a routine that went wrong. It wasn't because it happened again this like <laughs> only this time it went to Yuri Telemans. Telemans gets that ball in that position, hits it a little bit deeper, it doesn't land on the corner of the box, lands towards the byline. Nothing happens. Like this this was a plan. I I don't see I don't see what they were trying to work it from. You get a couple into the keeper's hands as well. We're talking about Emmy Martin as getting so much joy, but Villa were doing it over and over. And yes, we scored, but we scored from just knocking it in there. Just throw it into Ollie Watkins and see what happens.
0: Yeah, I mean, like this, this, the stats for Austin McPhee and Aston Villa have gone up to this week for you know two goals from set pieces. One was a. 50-yard pass clipped over the top from Douglas Louise because Ollie Watkins was alive to the space that Luton had left behind. And the second was Ollie Watkins wandering into the space that Luton had left in the middle <laughs> of their own box. If we're praising Austin McPhee for that, that's insane stuff. And you might, you might say we dragged all the Luton players over there. If the Luton players walked over there because that was Austin McPhee's plan, then they're the idiots here. And maybe, but oh, Sorry, maybe, maybe I'm talking myself around here, Conan. Maybe Austin McPhee knows how stupid your hero, Rob Edwards, actually is and thought, if I just put a few players to the back post, they'll all go there and then all we have to do is run into the space in the front post. Maybe he is a genius.
1: Can I just ask, because we've never actually had a conversation about this, but how do you know I like Rob Edwards?
0: <laughs> we haven't had a conversation about it. It doesn't mean you haven't tried to initiate it.
1: <laughs> Tim Sherwood, we played two number tens and bamboozled them award. I love this category. The, the uh, Austin McPhee. No, I'm only joking. I, 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 he's never coming up in this in this award section. But uh, I do have an idea. Maybe this was Austin McPhee's plan. I know a lot of it was just down to really bad corners from Alfie Doughty. And you know, if you put the ball in Martinez's vicinity, you're gonna catch it. But you know the way we've got boys just running around ineffectively marking people. Why don't we just have Martinez coming out and trying to catch every corner that comes in? Like would <laughs> would that work better? It definitely would work
0: better. I don't know if it's a great idea, but it would definitely be an improvement on what we have now at the minute. But see, Austin McPhee and Douglas Louise have already ruined that plan because Douglas Louise scored directly from a corner twice for Aston Villa oh, because yeah. Austin is a genius
1: well done well done the only other nomination I have is Yuna Emery getting fed up and whipping off four players at once I, and I, I thought it's funny that you said about the Diaby the thing because when Diaby and Zaniolo I was kind of like I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna be fooled by this now I know what this means this means <laughs> <laughs> It's not going to mean a winner, and we didn't get the winner, courtesy of the two boys, setting up another sub, at Dean, and the other one that was, that was three of the four, and then Tim came on and did pretty well. He injected a bit of directness as well in the middle of the pitch. He wasn't on the ball that much, but was it was it harsh on Rogers? I, 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 no. I thought Rogers. did alright. No, did you say?
0: Yeah, I said no. Uh, Rogers, Bailey, Tielemans all had to come off. They hadn't done anything in about 20 minutes except watch Luton stream through the middle of the pitch. They... I, I know that wasn't necessarily their fault, but we saw that the even Zani Odo had more of the ball whenever he came on. Telemans was done. Like Te- Telemans second half performance there was definitely an Ashley Westwood. He I was, was really just a going to
1: nomination. I was just going to interrupt and say, and uh, the next category is the Ashley Westwood. He was playing award, and I have Yuri Telemans. Even like I know he was done in the second half, but it was, wasn't. It was ineffective in the first half.
0: Yeah, and I, I didn't actually think, I, I don't know why I didn't think this, I didn't think he would take off Rodgers, so I was trying to think, right, definitely put Rogers up front now so we can bring on somebody else in midfield because he's doing nothing there and Tielemans absolutely has to come off yeah. because <laughs> because I don't think he's still on there in, in mind or spirit anyway. He was just kind of wandering around. One time the ball came to him and we finally got a bit of possession in midfield and then he just tossed the ball over the top Trying to play a ball down the line to Leon Bailey. It was it was like it was like we were 4 0 up or something, and he was just trying to play this really, you know, uh, I couldn't give a fuck pass over the top. Not that I think that's ever appropriate at this level of football, but mm. that was what he was doing. It's like, Jesus Christ, you already put your foot in that ball and pass it to a teammate. We haven't had the ball in the last three minutes.
1: Yeah, but the subs overall were were good, so they do deserve that nomination. But I think you probably bring us on to the Weyman meter. The Vimimeter and going up, I'm going to start with Kenilworth Road and not, not the pitch size because I still have my suspicions about that. <laughs> it's, it's a real thing. Being Kenilworth is a real thing. The fans, right? Before, I know Villa weren't good for the whole second half, but they were comfortable in the first 15 minutes of the second half or t- 10, anyway. And the fans were just they're very loud. I mean, maybe it doesn't take much to be loud in a small room. <laughs> 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 But they're all like they're just singing. Like you get a throw and everybody's like up. They're they're all up. They're all pointing their fists, and you've, you've, you you you'd forget that they're two 0 down. It actually is really cool, <laughs> you know. If you, if you were, it probably is something to do with the Luton story as well. where they do just seem to be enjoying themselves. It's like it's like it doesn't feel like there's a real fear wrapping around that club with relegation. It's just like they they're, they're happy. Like, I don't want to say patronizing. They're they're enjoying being here, and they're giving really the it all. May, maybe but the fans are up for it like the, the it didn't take a goal to get the fans going they were all going anyway every corner every throw maybe they just know who they were playing let's be honest <laughs>
0: Yeah, but like, also, let's not let's not overplay this getting Kenilworth thing. Kind I of think they've won three games there this season. I mean, <laughs> like, Kenilworth Road isn't a fortress. They've got they've got eleven points at home this season in fourteen games. They're shite at home. They're shite away. Their players are nowhere near good enough. Ross Barkley looks like a superstar for them. For Christ's sake. <laughs>
1: Going up Ollie Watkins, obviously, it's it's amazing what he's doing. If he didn't score two goals today, he'd probably be going up just because of the, the forward shift they can give you in these away matches. The stats are incredible. The performances are great. I mean, I think was there a game there where I was like, I mean, it was a WhatsApp win, to be fair to me, but it was just, you know, the, the affront of him giving out about the fans and he's going to miss a chance like that. <laughs> I mean, you just you're buying in four goals in two games and all all that goes away very quickly
0: yeah and i think uh i think during whatsapp wins as well maybe it was during the rossenthal award i said there's a there's a 200 million pound player and there when would just start taking some more chances and you know if he scored more chances he definitely would be worth 200 million but i was being i was being slightly facetious there he's like ollie Watkins is priceless for aston villa there would be no point in selling him because we would never be able to sign a player of that quality without spending all the money we had to get we get for him he's absolutely remarkable and a remarkable center forward and that one that he took down the, the right hand side i mean like oh my god what have we got in our hands here it's not it's not just the confidence and the effort that strikes up the post it's how quickly the shot comes mm. like he, he does the step over and he, he doesn't set himself I don't, I don't know how he's got a, got it away that quickly and with that power absolutely devastating center forward play And when you think about he has that ability just to run the channel and get a shot away so quickly his finish was so neat the header went in but the, the first half and the second half our game plan was to play the ball to Ollie Watkins' feet while, when yeah. he was giving Mengi a piggyback. It was absolutely, It was the way we decided to get out. The pitch is so narrow. We couldn't play through the lines the way we normally do. <laughs> Obviously, Jacob Ramsey coming off really affected really affected how we were playing then as well. We had to change that slightly. And just to have that ability to hold the ball up, to be the ball player, to run the channels, to run narrowly into the box and just get your shots away. Absolutely. Lethal centre forward.
1: Should the Aston Villa medical team, conditioning team, be going down? I don't know. I mean, there's, a, there's it's stacking up. The evidence is stacking up. Ramsey came back. Ramsey's away. I hopefully, he's not away. But geez, he was like, it's just annoying because it look like he looked good again as well. And obviously, he's been good the last few games too. Finally, for the first time this season, because he's missed most of the season, he's up to he's up to sharpness. He's ready to rock. Let's go. And you know, the, I saw a really funny video it was on on Twitter where you know it was like say three levers and it had Villa's defenders like Torres, Kanza, Carlos and every time someone knocked one on, the other two went off. <laughs> so you pushed Torres forward and Kanza went back down. And you pushed Kanza forward and Torres went back down. Like that's what it feels like. It's just we can't get everybody Going like Torres on the bench the whole game again today. I don't know if that was just for vibes again, where they're just trying to <laughs> convince don't worry about it, he's here. He's not, he's obviously not ready to go. He played, to played longly the whole fucking match.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> definitely going down is Jacob Ramsey. I mean, he went down but two or three times in that game. Maybe he should have come off the first time. Oh, he should have. I mean, and... Uh, I think it was it was the last game as well. I texted you saying, "Did I see Jacob Ramsey grab his foot again there?" I, so I don't know what what the story is with his injury, but it's it's caused him problems since he's come back because every game he seems to be looking down at it. I re- I actually hope it's a mental thing and that he doesn't trust his foot yet because if it's a fo- if it's an actual injury, this is fucking horrible. What's he doing out in the pitch if he has to come off or play through pain every time he's on there?
1: Yeah. I mean, this would be the second time he's come back in, in in a stint, and 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 gone, but potentially gone back again with injury with the same injury as well. it would basically be his whole season affected by this one injury. It's uh it's it's heartbreaking. Hopefully he's all right. Going down, like Telemans has to go down. He's been going up enough recently. I think going up, one of the people who've been going up most this season, but then he got injured as well. Look at Dean. Look at Dean's back. I mean, how often was I putting them up every single week? Maybe a bit too much, says you. But I was, I was enjoying it. Moreno was out. We had no other choices. And look at Dean was rising to the occasion. And oh, he rose today. He rose to the occasion, the Kenilworth occasion.
0: Yeah, it didn't matter how he played today. we got that winner. It was absolutely brilliant. And even just to... To float in at the back post like that. I know that's the way we're set up, but that's the way we're playing. That's the way we're encouraged to play. You know, Emery obviously said that to him on the bench last week. It's like, if you get on this pitch, make sure you get fucking forward. I know you're the tight defensive option that we bring on to see games out, but mm-hmm. I also want to see you getting forward, Luca. And yeah, like I said, it wasn't just the finish. It was the movement. It was the sneaking in behind, stepping in in front. The fullback didn't know he was there. The fullback was just looking at the ball the whole time. And Luca Dean made a mug of him. Yeah.
1: Going up, Emmy Martinez. Go on. Caught a lot of balls. Like I mean that, that 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 could have and should have been way worse, especially. I mean, especially a two-two. Like that even even some of those balls, just you know, came to headers and chances that went wide or considered <laughs> another corner. That 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 feeds into momentum for them, but I feel like Martinez just took all that away.
0: I think you're right. I think you're right. Sorry, yeah. I think I need to watch another game of football with any other goalkeeper in the Premier League <laughs> in it because it's so easy to forget that a lot of goalkeepers don't just come out and catch the ball. And some of the catches were brilliant as well. There was one where I thought he was thought he was trying to nominate himself for the is the Ronaldo not hitting the shit award when he dropped to the ground and then held his back. But he is so extended and so far off the ground for that one that it probably did fucking hurt whenever he landed in the small of his mm-hmm. back, top of his arse for that one. So I I, I feel sorry for him for uh, for thinking thinking badly of him. I don't think Emmy Martinez would ever try to time waste like that.
1: <laughs> and going up, I'm going up by the most obviously is Musa Diaby. I mean, brilliant, right? Like, what game winning involvement? and again, it's always good when Diaby does something really good because we know, like we've seen it, we know there's a great player in there, but also, right, I want to bring it back to the haircuts, because Ollie Watkins, is, I don't know if you remember me talking about Ollie Watkins getting the the sort of half Musa of Diaby, get got the hairline
0: anyway. I can't, I can't even remember how this conversation started, Conan, so probably not.
1: I'll dig it out and send it on to you, but he, <laughs> and I was critical of that haircut, I thought it was just I was half-arsed, I thought if Watkins was going to do it, he might as well do it, but he sort of got a hybrid of what he used to have. I, I think it suits Ollie Watkins. I saw an old picture of Watkins with his normal hair, and I was like, ah, that's not his hair. Like, this has become his hair, and the way he's become that lethal striker. And it's all because Moussa is bringing the boys around and showing them how to do it, showing them how to fade, showing them how to get that line at the front. Of, like, and, on top of that, he's now backing it up on the pitch, finally
0: yeah it, it, it was brilliant, <laughs> brilliant vision and then brilliant execution of a, yeah. of a dangerous pass as well that you wouldn't necessarily oh, the yeah, yeah. <laughs> that you wouldn't necessarily think a player that should have low enough confidence like Musa Diaby would decide to play because it's a really high risk pass, but it's fucking executed so well, and yeah, couldn't be happier for him. The only the only person the only thing going up higher than Musa Diaby is Tahit's Chong's cross in the in the first <laughs> in the first half. I don't think I've ever seen anyone hit the ball as hard as that. What in the name of fucking Christ was that?
1: I don't know. I was really disappointed he scored because I wanted to cook him a little bit. <laughs> All right, let's leave it there. Great win, a great another great run that we're on and it's good timing as well it's it's good we're 11 points clear of man city or man (laughs) 11 points clear of man united (laughs) at the time of recording and i assume we'll still be 11 points clear of man united whatever time he picked this podcast up during the week (laughs) um yeah we're back on thursday we've got Ajax. we've got jordan henderson ball and we've got a big one then at the weekend so let's let's get ourselves for that. Let's just enjoy this one though. Thank you Luca Dean. Thank you for another one. See you later.